Today is July 1st. The Yankees have a day off before they get back to the States and play the Mets. But we're not talking about any of that today. We are talking about whatever you guys want to talk about. It is the voicemail app. I am excited. Jake's excited. You're excited. Let's talk Yanks. What's going on? Welcome to Talking Yanks. We've got an off day. We've had this, this weird, weird stretch. Two off days, two games in London, an off day. Hopefully tomorrow starts to feel somewhat normal, but in the meantime, we got a lot of voicemails to get to. My name is John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey. I got my co-host Jake. He's wearing an El Gary hat. I'm wearing a Luke Voigt hat. We're talking to Yanks. Jake, how you doing? Doing all right, Jim. I, uh, you know, everything's great in Yankee land. I, th- I think at the end of last episode, if, if you guys listened to that, um, had the realization that we're what thirteen and one in our last fourteen, something like that. Yeah, and, um, and times. If, if you go for the stretch, but you know that stretch we were on before the Blue Jays. Like, what is it? Right, Jake? it's nuts. I mean, if you if you want to if you want to measure it by series victories, if you want to measure it since we started six and nine, I think we're tied. We were tied for the best record in baseball yesterday. Um, I, I don't know if that went away. If if someone plays today or or later in the day yesterday, but I know we have the least amount of losses. Times times are great in Yankees land. Um, I do happen to also be a Knicks fan, so I've been dealing with a lot of just a lot of that today. Which uh, it could be worse, but it could be so much better. But I'm I'm doing doing all right. I'm gonna. I know by by this time tomorrow, I'm gonna be itching for Yankees baseball. Like normal, because like even those London games, not the, not the on the field product, but even like the games themselves, ten in the morning, uh, all the fan two fair. off days before we yeah. get an off day after. It's it's just it's been irregular. So excited to see get back into the routine How are you of doing? things. I'm doing great. Trying to make best use of my off day. We're going to uh, my sister's boyfriend. It's his first time in like New Jersey, or in New. I don't know. It's his first time here, and Seaside Heights is down there the, the boardwalk the carnival the rides all that and like it's kind of a shitty place like no one wants to go but it's also you have to see it if you come right so we're i think we're doing that tonight so my sister asked me like would you and katie want to come because i don't want to go like just me and him walking the boardwalk which makes sense so i think i'm gonna go do that i might play some arcade games probably throw my Throw my arm out trying to knock some milk cartons off a stand or something dumb like that. Thousand percent throw your arm out, yeah. Yeah, I threw my arm out the other day playing disc golf because you throw it like a frisbee the entire time, and then there's this tomahawk throw that you overhand throw it. And I was like, yeah. let me just try one of those out. So I just crow hopped into it and like didn't stretch that motion mm. one bit, and I was like instant arm throughout, which is such a weird feeling. I just have a dead arm. It is now. a bad feeling. I'm I'm sorry. Thanks. Appreciate that. We got some voicemails today. I haven't heard a lick of them. In turn, Luke was over here categorizing them, deleting some bad ones, playing the good ones, organizing them. He's got his voicemail of the day now, which he has two of them now. Which I don't, you know, I don't oh. get that. I don't I don't understand what happened there. He, I, he's not here right now, but there was one. Maybe we'll know by the end. Hopefully we know by the end. <laughs> yeah, and maybe we can piece together what happened here. What, you ready? Let's just get straight into them. Sound good? Straight. Yeah. Well, oh, the voicemails today are brought to you by John Boy Media and everything John Boy Media does. Talking Nicks, like Jake said, their hearts got broken and then like half, not even half restored, but they had a big live reaction to all the news on the podcast yesterday. Simple Man Radio and Talking Giants are doing good things. We have the other Yankee podcast, the other guys. Jake and I just recorded season one of Laughs from the Past, which is all about historical backfires, which I love when people running things make huge mistakes. And uh, 
the most fun update is we have a new DJ LeMayhew shirt at our on our store, TalkingYanks.com. It's uh, ripping hearts out. I love that quote, and I love because it just doesn't fit him at all, but does 100% at the same time. I love that quote. Juxtapositions between his boring demeanor and that quote is awesome. And we have an entire collection of, Jake, you want to break the news? The John Sterling collection. Um, my, uh, it's, it's, it's an obvious idea if you know how much we love Sterling. Um, we, we've got his calls. We've got all the current Yankees. And we have some of the classic Yankees past, A-bomb from A-Rod, uh, Bernie goes boom, uh, <laughs> text message for Teixeira. Um, and I, I think the part that's scary, and it's it's what makes Jom and I a good dynamic at time, is that if I were doing this, I'd probably have Bernie goes boom, A-bomb from A-Rod, and most of the active players. Um, Jimmy went more so museum route, and we've got... I think 55 different uh, players and like Tyler Wades is on there. Mike Fords is on there. Uh, if you've ever heard a Sterling call you liked, it's probably up there right now. It's more of a reference to go look around and just see all the different calls he's had in the past. And then if you want to buy one as a joke or for real, you can buy it and wear it around. Bernie goes boom. And the Bam Tino when we were making these, I was like yeah. the, the Bam Tino. I always forget about it. I really like it. Yeah, there might there might be a day when I snap and I make that like just my everyday shirt. The Bamtino? I think I think I I think I want to save that for or I shouldn't say everyday shirt. I think that's when if I buy a house one day and I'm I get into that dad kind of mowing the lawn mode. Like I I want it to be if you see me on a Saturday, you know you're gonna see me in a sleeveless John Sterling calls T-shirt, pretending to mow the lawn for about five hours. Perfect. Sounds good. Yeah. I'll be looking forward to that. Thank you. All right. No, I thank you. Let's go to the voicemails. Talking Yanks, what's going on, fellas? Brian Nevis here down in Charlestown, Rhode Island. Hey, fun question for you guys. What's the deal with a Spanish-speaking catcher and a Japanese-speaking pitcher when they meet on the mound? What? the hell could they possibly be talking about? Are they just talking maybe numbers, trying to figure out what their routine and pitching, pitching sequence? Just a fun question for thought. Later. I get this so often, Jake. I think, like, so often, and it kind of blows my mind that people think Tanaka doesn't speak any English and people think Gary doesn't speak any English. Like, they clearly can speak English to each other. Not perfectly, not like a ton, yeah. but, like, Tanaka and Sevi hang out in the dugout all game. Like, just because they use a translator doesn't mean they're like straight up. They're like me trying to speak Spanish or Japanese. They are. They know more than than that. Yeah, I mean, the, I I think the amount of English they could speak. If a lot of people could speak that much Spanish, they'd say they could speak it as a second language. They'd still be shy about it. Um, I don't know. Communication. Do we want to deep dive in this? Like me and my, me and my dog have some things that like, we know how to communicate <laughs> and we, yeah, I went we to, don't even speak the same language. I went to Italy and we hung out with my relatives there and they didn't speak English and we didn't speak Italian. And it's just a whole game of charades and right. somehow you can do it. Like you can yeah. be on the exact same page, except they couldn't figure out what my dad's job was and he works in the mailing industry, so they just kept calling him postman. And my dad was like, I'm not a mailman. <laughs> I just don't want yeah. you to think I'm a mailman. That's my only gripe. Right. They also yes. couldn't they couldn't pronounce my brother-in-law's name, which is Brett. So they just called him Pepe. And I was like, man, imagine if Americans did that. Like, if I had just, like, to my coworker, yeah. Oakman, I was like, yeah, Oakman, I can't pronounce your name. I'm just going to call you Otto. They'd be like, that's so rude, you Americans. Yeah, you had a you know an all star switch hitting catcher, and everyone just calls him George. <laughs> well, that's close enough, Georgie. Yeah, so, phonet- there's some translation there. But phonet- yeah, they phonetically, it's nice. They, they, I mean, I, I think the bigger thing, not to move us on to the next question, but I mean, how, how do Gary and Paxton communicate? You know? Yeah, that Canadian, Canadian and Spanish. Also, baseball is pretty universal, like curveball, fastball, inside, yeah. outside. 
used to joke that, oh, speaking of Okman, he moved from Morocco and I worked with him for two years. And by the end of it, he would speak. He spoke Domino's English. We yeah. worked at Domino's in college and like his English was very Domino centric. Pepperoni, cheese, <laughs> oven. Yeah. Yeah. Baseball is kind of the same way. Fastball, slider, splitter. It's all about the keywords. When I when I hung out with Anduhar, hung out. I went to that event that Anduhar was out, and I said hi to him. Like we yeah. had a little conversation. Like, are you excited to get back in the field? And he's like, Yeah, I miss my boys. Like, it was. We had a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Midtown East, and I know that CC pitched like a week ago. However, I just wanted to bring this up: Is CC a better pitcher when um, Gary is behind the plate? I know you guys were talking about him not. Uh, CC was confident enough to not slide step with Gary behind the plate. Gary said, "Don't slide step anymore." Do you think that's a factor in it too? Like CC can have his better pitches when Gary's behind the plate because he's not worried about runners on base. Thanks, guys. Uh, hope you guys have a great week. Thanks. That was Cameron. I hope you have a great week as well. That's nice. Yeah, CC is always super complimentary to Gary. He's also a good teammate, so some of it you do have to say, like, CC compliments everyone. But some of it you have right. to say, read like... through the lines. Yeah, you have to read between the lines. The slide step thing's huge. Uh, we talked about that on a previous episode. Gary Sanchez has such a strong arm that he told CC, hey, you don't have to slide step. Don't worry about it. Romine probably can't get away with that. Romine, he probably needs a slide step if he wants to control the run game. And we we saw last year that they couldn't. Um, when Gary When Gary was out, runners ran all over the field and i mean yeah i mean even even slide step and cc and romine that uh, a single turned into a double or a triple even depending on the base runner pretty easily so um i don't know actual pitching i mean it's it's tough to say because i mean gary knock on wood as long as he stays healthy he's gonna catch so many more games than romine um and i i i think something that you and i are are on a lot now is that so much of it is game plan before the game now with the the pitcher the catcher the pitching coach and the analytics team I mean you have a lot of formulas and everything going through your head I I mean to the point that the Yankees have you know they have the different signals on their hat now okay we're doing sequence four now um and I I think they they know the game plans with the hitters pretty well going in I um I don't know. I wouldn't say like Romine calls a bad game or anything, I, but Gary's arm is a big advantage. <laughs> and his bat, which also can help CeCe win games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's some numbers, ERA in tiny samples. In 2017, CeCe had a 2.96 ERA with Gary and a 5.79 with Austin Romine. It's 20 games to five games, so the samples are despairingly... I think last year in 2018 when Gary was bad, it was it was a 3.62 ERA with Gary in 15 games and a 3.46 with Romine in 10 games, so slightly better. And this year it is bad both ways. It's 4.50 ERA with Gary and 5.73 with Romine and 0 0.00 with Higgy. Boom. How about that? So Higgy's the Higgy's Higgy. the trick answer here. Hey, I'll just um well, while we while we got Cece in front of us, I just stumbled into a kind of a neat tidbit. Um we know Cece was struggling a little bit in that White Sox game. He said he didn't have feel. He's had two good starts after that, Tampa and Toronto. Um his K rate is up from last year, which I think is interesting. The the only number that was kind of really out of place was his home run rate was significantly up. It was almost double last year. Uh, his last two starts, though, he did not give up a home run. So maybe uh, if CC if CC can go his next start without giving up a gopher ball and another nice start, I, I think we're we're back with some some good CC. I like that, Jake. Yeah, no home runs. Stuff is more crisp. You just got a nice little break, not having the pitch in in London too. So and like. It's a lot of days off for him and Hap. Yeah, and he'll probably he's probably getting one start and then the All Star break, right? So he's uh he should be fresh. It'd be a bummer if Hap has all this time off and like first inning three runs, just, just like right yeah, back into the shit. 
Ain't that it? Is he getting the start tomorrow? Tonight? I don't know. It, no, no, they're going Paxton. Yeah, I thought it was pra- Paxton. Yeah. So Paxton will get two starts before the All Star break, and everyone else goes once, basically. Think so. Yeah, I knew they were going to okay. do Paxton off the break because they're trying to give CC and Hap as many days as possible. Yeah. No, I I actually like that. Good job, Yanks. Someone was asking me how come we did a bullpen day in in Boston in London versus Boston and not pitch Hap or CC a real starter. And if anyone else is thinking about this, I, I like looked it up and I was like, we threw our best two pitchers versus the Red Sox, Chester and Tanaka. Those have been our best two pitches. Like that, the plan was to start our best two versus the Red Sox while giving the older do- dude some days off. Like it was a really good plan. Tanaka. And the first game messed it all up. That was a solid play. Yeah, I I think Paxton. Pe- people would say when Paxton's right, he's he's better there, and he he pitched really well against Boston earlier this year. I, I would say that as well. But right now, Chester and Tanaka have been our best pitchers. I I think I think the bigger thing is that they had two off days before and an off day after. They were willing to use. They could use their bullpen guys back to back days and not be worried about it at all. Yeah. And they love when they see an off day, like, okay, who can we stack other off days? And you see those, all those off days and Hap and CeCe who are struggling and older. And you're like, yo, let's stack all those and give them like a week off. That probably, that like goes a month for them. It's crazy. Talking Yanks. What's up, guys? Dustin from Indiana. Long time, first time. I just listened to the last voicemail episode and it got me thinking about what it would take to pull off somebody like Scherzer. Talked a lot about some of our guys in the system, so how about this? And this is before the negotiations about the money left on his contract. Headlining a Scherzer trade being somebody like Frazier, maybe along with T. Wade. Uh, you talked a lot about Debbie Garcia, throw him in, and maybe even Mike Ford. Let me know what you think. Too much? Too little? Thanks for taking the call. Jake, you don't suck. All right. Bye, guys. You can. Do you want to answer this first? I'll go, um, and I'll. I can cover your butt if you want. You think there's zero percent shot on Scherzer? I'm pretty close to that. When the when the Scherzer rumors started, there's a there's a tongue twister. Um, the Nats have actually been playing better baseball. They're still in it. Um, the bigger situation in Max Scherzer's last eight starts. That's eight starts, um, about a month and a half. Uh, he has gone 57 innings, 83 strikeouts with a 0.95 ERA. Um, don't don't get your hopes up about Scherzer. The Nats would have to tank really bad um, in the next month, and uh, it, it would be probably more of a king's ransom than that, and I, I think it might even get into a realm that Brian Cashman not – might not be interested in as as what he's trying to build the Yankees franchise as. So it's um it it'd be a lot and it's it's just it's so unrealistic that you can't even really let your head go there. If the Nationals were fully out they're fully out, Jake, of the race, which I don't think they are. They have the pitching to get back in and the talent to get back in. If they were fully out I would still be sitting here telling you it doesn't make any sense for them to trade Scherzer. Why would they trade Scherzer? Yeah. That's what I said last year with Baumgartner. That's what I'm saying about Scherzer. He's on the books for more years. They want to win. If they don't win this year, they still want to win next year. They have Corbin. They have all these players. Still want to win the year after that. Scherzer's a big part of winning. It's like trading the car to pay for gas money. If they want to win in 2020, they need Scherzer. So why would they trade him? If I'm wrong and they move him, I will put my hand up and I'll say, wow, I was completely wrong on that. I think there's 0.0 chance he gets traded. I don't see why they would do it. Yeah, and I mean, Nats Nats are a game and a half out of the wild card currently, 7-3 and in their last 10. Um, They have a plus... Uh, run differential on the year it they would have to have a july they would have to drop 
below the Mets in the standings, and it would have to be very ugly for them to even consider. And like you said, Jim, I mean, it, Washington, like their plan would be for next year. Yeah, they so it would they, be. Yeah, it, it it wouldn't be like they wouldn't be interested in Davey Garcia, no matter how good he's being in the minor leagues. They'd probably want Herman <laughs> Clint. They 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 like we laughed. I think we called the Tigers, and there was a rumor they asked for Glaber. Like the Nationals could actually say something along the lines of. Like, we have zero interest unless you throw in Glaber Torres, which people could come at me right now and say, well, value-wise, Glaber's so young and he's going to be long. It's, it's they have all the power there. They have Max Scherzer. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't see it. All right, this next one is uh, in all caps, Intern Luke's voicemail of the day. Wow. Hello, John Boy and Jake. It's Paul here from the UK. I'm gutted to hear you both weren't sold on the London series. I've been a fan since visiting the stadium on holiday in September 2016. I thought Aaron Judge hit home run 52 on the season, although at the time I had no idea what was going on. I tried desperately to get tickets but couldn't. I ended up setting up a projector on a big screen and watching it with a group of mates. I had to explain every detail but by the end they were hooked and I hope we have a few new baseball and specifically Yankee fans. I was a touch upset it wasn't the perfect game to get people hooked but to an outsider it was a bloody exciting watch and so much more effective to draw people in than a 1-0 pitcher's duel. What would have been the right sort of game to get people hooked, and what historic games could I show people new to the game to try and demonstrate the beauty of it? I love the pod. It's amazing to feel part of a community across the pod. Go Yanks! And I don't know about Jake sucking, he seems like a perfectly reasonable chap to me. (laughs) That's awesome. We got a listener in the UK calling in. With a good question, too. How you, how are you doing? I'll tell you what. I hate people calling in with fake accents. What the hell was that? It's a great accent. Paul. Paul. The Jamoke. No, that was, that was cool, Paul. Um, so what, what was the final question? What would have been the ideal game to bring across the pond, like in, in an idea and then an example of it? No, and then like, what are some past games that we could that he could show his buddies? Like, this is a really good baseball game. Classic baseball game. Okay, that's brutal. What What do you got spinning right now? This sucks, but the two thousand seven World's two thousand one two thousand one World Series, I think, is some yeah. of the more dramatic baseball played. Game seven's a really good game, but brutal because the Yankees lose. So don't right. show them that because your friends might become Diamondback fans, the first ever Diamondbacks fans yeah. in the UK. Cut out the video right before the end and say, like, Rivera's the best ever. What a game, huh? Yeah, if you want a Yankees game like the Wakefield game or the yeah Wakefield-Boone uh, game, like because that game was lead-changing, enough runs, yeah. good pitching. Um, I think you got to... Like, what was the David Freeze game if I was going to do a game that's not... That's not which David Freeze game Cardinals Cardinals Rangers 2011. That was a crazy, crazy game. And then the Cubs Indians game seven or game six. I was just going to say the Cubs Indians game seven. That was nuts. Rajai Davis um, Rizzo. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. And that's the thing. Like I, I. arguably my favorite play ever is the flip play, but you would have to watch a lot of baseball. I guess this is me just being a bag. Oh, this is me being a bag of douche. Um, is that you'd have to watch a lot of baseball to appreciate the flip pe- play. Yeah, because if you just saw it, you'd be like, that's okay, that's normal. Why the hell was Jeter there? Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know that... That Indians game actually popped out in my head in a little bit. I'm I'm trying to think of other good ones from Yankees lore. Um, the Halsey game, know. the Brad Halsey game when John Flaherty hit the walk off in like the 13th, okay. when Manny Ramirez hit a home run and Michael Cage just kept saying, "This can't end this benignly. This can't end this benignly," you know. And then, and then Flash gets the walk off. Like that was a back and forth crazy game. Yeah. But so the type of game. I would say is good defense. I think like 
it can be high scoring, but it needs to be crisp. I think I think that's the that's not not to get too romantic. That's what makes baseball beautiful. You could have a a well pitched, good defense, good hitting game, and you could have it be two one, or you could have it be eight seven. Yeah, hard to have well pitched eight seven game. Eh, I don't know if there's good hitting and timely hitting and all that. Yeah, someone's got to get beat, but but defense. That's why this game felt like. My thing is, yeah, it was enjoyable for people like his buddies, but there was like weird plays that like it didn't feel like MLB, especially in game one, where it's like this is a different different breed of sport. But the ideal game, I think, is a six to five, five to four to show new fans because you want to show them enough offense. I think you need a home run in it. Of course, you need a one pitcher that's just dominating for a while. Like the best game is when a pitcher dominates for four innings and then you can see the arm or crack a little bit and then they like slowly start to get to him. I think that's more interesting. Yeah, and I, I think the un- underestimated, I'm going to say big underestimated is one of your favorite things from the London series. Good double plays, man. Like when, when you get, if it's a 4-3 game and you get that right double play ball or not the right double play ball, but you still spin it, that's one of the cooler things on a baseball field. The double play ball in person is amplified by 10 than when you watch it on TV. Even a casual like double that. play in person when you're at the game is exciting. Yeah. When on TV, it just feels much more. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. So yeah, double play. Okay, if we were to like make a list of what needs to like what would the perfect game consist oh, of? Go. It would consist of an inning-ending double play to escape a jam. Yep. A home run. Uh, home run to take a lead. Yeah, home run to take a lead's awesome. Um a strikeout to escape a jam. Like a big K, a big at bat, a strikeout to end the game. Ooh, okay. Ends with the I I want the catcher throwing someone out. Yeah, because you just show like that for a new audience. We're talking like a new audience. Yeah, that would yeah. be part of it. They got that. Gary threw someone out, right? People, yeah. Pe- re- reach out to us. Wh- whoever's got what would be what would be the perfect example of a baseball game to show your friend. Re- tweet at us. Yeah. Comment whatever. Because there's so much weird things that happens in baseball, which I do love. But I, if I was to show them a product, it'd be like, here's a good, crisp game with good hitting, good pitching, and good defense. Bad defense right. is just brutal. Yeah. Like, I don't know what Chavis was doing, showing the Londoners how not to play first. He's not a first baseman. That's on the Red Sox. <laughs> All right. Fucking Sox. Next call. Hey, Jumbo Jake with... Setting on the DL for a foreseeable future. What do you think the chances are at the deadline that Cashman goes after a powerful outfield that way? Like a guy like Jason Giambi. Oh, they're doing like Francesa calls to sure. us. But Nick in Santa Barbara isn't like, he's a known caller. Not like a troll caller. Or does he really? I didn't, I didn't really hear the question, I'll be honest. Hey, Jumbo Jake, with setting on the DL for a foreseeable future, what do you think the chances are at the deadline that Cashman goes after a powerful outfield bat like a guy like Jason Giambi? Yeah. So, when do you know okay. that thing with Francesa? Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to go get a powerful outfield bat. Does that answer? Do we just move on? Yeah, I think we've moved on. Luke, Luke probably... I would have never played that, but Luke's not aware, so probably didn't right. get it. Hey, guys. Uh, NJ here from New York. Um, I've always been curious about this. Don't know if anyone's ever asked you this before, but how did you guys get started, you know, doing this whole podcasting? Because, you know, you see the pictures now. You know, there's a t- taxi in Times Square, and, you know, uh, Nick Swisher did the picture with it with the Talking Yanks logo, and you guys have blown up really big. So I'm just wondering how you guys got started. All right. Thanks, guys. Keep doing you. We had this asked a bunch recently, Jake. 
People are interested in us, finally. <laughs> uh, the, so the Nick Swisher thing, shout out to our dude Sean Corby, who was in London, gave Swisher a sticker and said, let me take a picture of you. And Swisher's just the man and did it. So yeah. that was cool. Taxis are just an ad deal, but really cool. Um, I I don't know, man. The story is that we've been friends since high school. I moved around a lot, and then uh, I was grinding away doing wedding editing at a. I was I was a, the lead videographer at an event coordination company, so I was a head of the video department. Stop but bragging. Basically, I was mostly wedding, some corporate events and shit like that. And in my spare time, I took to Twitter and uh, started tweeting. And like, I think I got to like 1,000 followers and said, all right, I'm going to try and spin this into a podcast now or a video where I did like 30 minutes. The first talking Yankees ever was like 20 minutes. I just answered questions and like talked about the Yankees. By episode five, I went to visit Jake in Denver. And then he did an episode with me. And then from there, he's been on ever since. I went full time. After 2017, 2018, we did an affordable jerseys uh, promotion through them just to try and see what our supporters were like. And it was like insane through the roof. We're like, oh, I think we have something here. I think we have a following and only get bigger. I was given the opportunity to quit my job and do this full time. So I took it. Uh, Jake came on board like last October. Yeah. I want to say like mid mid September. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. My, my elevator speech is you're an extreme hobbyist. Yeah. I don't really like that, but you say that. I know you hate that. You are an extreme hobbyist. Hobbies is like play small. What I do is in my brain. Like I think I I hear that as right, but that's, that's the start. That's the start. Yeah, because you used to just you had your video and audio audio skills. That's the, it's a build up, Jim. I build you up. That's why you got to start there. And you would basically live tweet and video and gift the games to no one to like two hundred friends. You make it. You made a Twitter account for in college. Then you got pretty popular on Yankees Twitter, and like you said, uh, people asked for more and more, and you provided them with more and more. It started video and then podcast. And you were like, hey, do a podcast with me. Had no idea what a podcast was. You didn't even um, listen because now you listen to a bunch, but you didn't listen to any. I didn't listen to any podcast, even when we started recording them. I did it for a while. I know. I remember. Like, it's it cool, <clears throat> man. I remember you. I remember me telling you how many podcasts I listened to and you were blown away. And now I think you listen to more than me. Uh, I, I have options out there. It's tough. It's like too busy. I can only listen when I'm like working out now. <laughs> Yeah. I don't listen to any um, anymore, which is a bummer. And then, uh, yeah, it's that damn work stuff. Yeah, and now that's where I'm saying, Jim. It started as an extreme hobby, and now it's turned into like this kind of crazy business where we, um, I don't know, I, I am in severe debt and not making a lot of money, but it's pretty cool, and we get to do a lot of fun stuff. Um, and uh, we, we try not to bring too much upon you guys, but with our Patreon and our shirts in the stores... Um, and if you guys know any ads or if any of you are friends with A-Rod, like, let us know. Um, but at any and all of that stuff helps us, so we appreciate that. Otherwise, my degree's in marketing. I was class president in high school. Um, I got fired from my last job because I started doing the Yankee stuff and liked it. Um, and I hated that job. Nice. I had kind of a cool gig for a while. I got to travel. I'd, I'd go somewhere for three days. I'd be friendly, short, and ugly, and I'd get out of there. And everyone's like, he's okay. Yeah, I wasn't. I have no idea what you did. <laughs> Me either, sweetheart. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Hey, what's up, John Blaine, Jake? It's Rob from Rochester. Uh, I know uh, you guys have both um, voiced your displeasure at uh, the way the the all-star game is selected. The players are selected. Um, uh, do you think that for it to be a positive, uh, like for it to be realistic, should it be stat based only? Should it be players only? How should they, how should they pick players? So it's, so the, the real all-stars can actually get selected. Thanks guys. 
Yeah, we had a huge conversation. We should do it here. There's a big topic in Yankee Land. We had a huge conversation on the our daily show that we do uh, where we cover national storylines. And the All-Star Games national storyline, what boils down to for me is they're in this limbo area where they haven't, they don't know, does the All-Star Game, does it showcase the people that are the best so far this season? Or does it showcase the MLB stars? Because Mookie Betts is an MLB star. So if it's showcasing the stars, he should be in there. Mookie Betts isn't an all-star this season. He's not one of the top performing at his position this season. Not even close. We did this on the show. There's so many more. Um, Judge is a star, but he was hurt for all this year, so he's not in it. So I think it makes sense that he's not in it. But, But MLB has to figure out what they're doing with this because... Is it the stars to promote the game, which I'm not upset with? Like Mookie Betts does more to promote the game than Byron Buxton, probably. He's just a bigger name and more star potential. He won the World Series last year, MVP. You know what I mean? Like promote him. That's smart. It's not it's not unwise to promote Mookie Betts. But if, are we trying to give away awards for the best player of that season well then we're only doing half a season anyway barely half a season because you have to get your votes in on time so that doesn't really add up and if it's for like if it can affect their arbitration and hall of fame voting it's just so mixed right now yeah yeah i think if if i uh if me and bobby manfred sat down uh, the the two things that I would lay out, well, three things I tell him again: hire us and introduce us to A Rod so he could fund this whole thing. Um, secondly, one something you and I don't agree on, but I think it would be huge for the game is I think every team needs to play each other every year. Um, I I think Albert Pujols going to St. Louis is my perfect example of that. It's been eight years since he was in St. Louis. Um, think about that. If you were a St. Louis Cardinals fan and you were sad Albert Pujols left, you didn't see him play on a baseball field in St. Louis for eight years. And I just think that's a disgrace. Um, my second thing, move the all-star break, move the all-star game to the end of the year. Um, I, I think that way you get a full year <laughs> so you can properly give out the all-stars <laughs> instead of someone who has a good first half and a, a terrible, like, you can have a terrible almost two-thirds of a season, but you could still make the all-tar- all-star team if you had a killer first third, been saying which that is kind forever. of insane. And I, I think, um, yeah, you just kind of got to figure out how to brand rebrand the whole thing. I mean, do it do it right before the World Series um, and do it almost Pro Bowl style, like... That way, if the Yankees made the World Series, you know, Glaber, Chapman, uh, whoever, you know, they don't actually play in the All-Star game, but they get the All-Star appearance, and you could get a couple more younger bodies or whoever you want in there, too. <gasps> I, I think it'd be, it'd be win-win-win. Jimmy just had one of the scarier gasps. Is Zimmer okay? What happened? Tyler Skaggs died. Jeez. Yeah. Fuck. Damn. Game canceled. They say why? Uh Uh-uh. He pitched like two days ago. Yeah, that's super sad. Yeah, sorry, I gasped like that just came upon my Twitter. You're right. It was that was real. Damn, that's a uh, that's brutal. Yeah, well, twenty seven. Yeah, sorry about that interruption. But the All Star Game, uh, or what were we talking about? So I agree with you that the All Star Game should be. It would be fun to be afterwards. But pitching, like pitchers, shut themselves down. So that's hard if like a guy shuts himself down for the season then he's got to pitch the all-star game then you mess with that being bad so that's there i think the all-star i think that's better than guys doing it in the middle of the season <laughs> where you have more risk for injury the other way right now there's not a risk for injury it's regular uh, there's a risk for injury they're still throwing bullets 
Yeah, but like if you ever read like Pedro's complaint with the Mets, like he shut down and then they wanted him to pitch again, and he's like, that's how pitchers get hurt. So they'd need to like, if you're pitching in the All-Star game, you need to stay fresh and still do bullpen sessions where a lot of guys are Mm. like, I'm done with 162 games. I'm just going to go home. And then you'd have a lot of pitchers just go out there and throw meatballs because they're not like competing anymore. They're out of that. So that's that's a risk. I think they need to do skills in the All-Star game. What? I, that's kind of, I, I think that's the same as the current all-star game, but go on. Oh, I think the, the current all-star game, like once the game starts and ends is awesome. Pitchers try hitters try the games have been cool. Uh, I think it's like it pitchers only go for one inning. I think the actual gameplay of the LNB all-star game is a lot the only all-star game worth watching, but I do think they need to do some other skills events. Outfield throw would yeah. be awesome. Running the bases would be awesome. Shit like that would be, I would be so much more interested in that. Home run derby's fun, but you can add other stuff, and it's not even that, like, risk of anything. Just do a fastest man, first to second, or something like that, you know? Yeah. That would be, I would be very interested in that. I do disagree. We do have completely opposite opinions on interleague play. I don't want interleague play at all. I think they need to go back to none, and then the World Series and the All-Star game are exciting as hell. Cause you finally get these people inter intermingling. Yeah. I just, I just think there's too much social media and stuff nowadays. Like I, I think it's, I think it's ridiculous. Like back in the day when they did that, you know, it'd be cool if you listened on the radio and you were like, wow, this, this Jackie Robinson sounds like the coolest player I've ever seen. And then your team, you get to the world series and you, you see him play and that's the coolest thing ever. I get that. That's lore, but we live in a different era. There's TVs and there's mics everywhere. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, so I can see Mike Trout and, well, <laughs> now we can finally see his highlights. That's another MLB issue. But I, I think NBA, every team plays each other every year. You get to see that player. If the Trailblazers are in town, you get to see Damian Lillard. If, if uh, the Knicks are in town, you, you get to see Julius Randle now. Um, but I, I don't know. I think that's why their stars are more popular. And I, I think it's a way we that that was the my favorite thing from the London game. Jim was the guy that caught the ground rule double from LeMahieu. I don't know how many daiquiris he had, but that was an old man that got a baseball on the bounce and was smiling ear to ear. And I mean, that's that's a moment. And that's uh, if you see an Aaron Judge home run ball hit over your head as a Milwaukee Brewers fan. That's a moment you remember forever, and I, I just think baseball's missing out on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just – I don't like interleague play. I think it's silly, uh, and I, I don't, I don't want a balanced schedule. I don't want everyone playing everyone. I just don't want interleague play. I think it – I don't think it's fun or interesting. I think you can see every star on TV now and watch them. Uh, I don't know. We just – we're on opposite sides of that one. Yeah. Hey, John Boy and Jake. Um, just wondering what you guys would think if we hit DJ a little lower in the lineup. Um, I know we've got five elite power hitters. Um, it's nice to stack those guys, but they're also prone to striking out. And I wonder if, you know, batting DJ somewhere in between those five guys um, just makes the lineup a little longer and, uh, you know, gives some more runners and scoring position opportunities. We know how good he's been this year. Um, so just wondering if that would make a big difference. Not that we need one because we've been so good, but yeah, one way to make the, the offense better. Go Yanks. Got any thoughts? Thank you for calling in. Yeah, thanks, man. I think you answered your own question at the end. I mean, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, man. <laughs> DJ's got one of the highest on base percentage on the team. He's almost at 400. And he's coming up with the runners in scoring position a lot. And he's coming through a lot. So just get him the most at bats. I, don't I mean, it adds up to me. Yeah, I think I think we're uh, we're shuffle the lineup, guys, if if you're if you're struggling. Otherwise, just let it be. I love finding a lineup that works and just whoosh, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Yeah, and let me. Uh, I'm trying to get one stat here, Jimmer. One second. Does it make sense the guy who has the most hits on the team get him the most at bats? Yeah, I mean, I I hear you barking, and I think if my math is correct, Jimmy, 
Um, in the past 10 games, the Yankees, um, I think they're averaging nine runs per game. Um, so that's, uh, that's really good. <laughs> that is really good, Jake. It's really good. N- next. Jake and John Boy. It's TD from Madison, Connecticut, so thanks for letting me talk. Yanks with you two fine dudes. Today I'm talking Chad Mingo. Chad's pitching like it's 2017. Domingo, when he was healthy, was our best starter, and we're still undefeated as an opener. Jim, you've called for a Chad-Domingo tag team for the second half of the year, and I couldn't agree more, but I'd actually take that a step further. Imagine for a minute it's game four of the ALCS. My question to you, can you think of a pitcher that we could realistically trade for who you'd have more confidence in over Chad Mingo? I can't. If we already have our fourth starter for the playoff rotation, could that change Cashman's plan for Clint? Or do you think they'll still trade for another starting pitcher? Personally, I trade it for some pitching prospects. I'll hang up and listen. What's up? That was a good call. That was Luke's second call of the day. I don't know why he got to. But, yeah, all right. Some things to tackle. I love Chad Mingo because I think uh, old Nestor, old buddy, old pal, I don't think he's made for the long haul. Wait. I thought we were calling them dad. What's that? I thought we were calling them dad. Chad and Domingo? Domingo and Chad. Dad? I ain't doing that. Dad. Because that's like what the kids on the internet do, and I don't even get it. Okay. Then fine. Chad Mingo. Chad Mingo's kind of fun. Oh, yeah. So is dad. No, that's confusing. Uh, you're probably more confident in Chad Mingo than I am. Are you confident, more confident in Chad Mingo than a, as a fourth starter than a starter we can trade for? Because aren't we trying to trade for a one or a two? We need we need to find out what Domingo we're getting back. Um, our, we clearly saw two Domingos. Um, he uh he pointed to the hip thing. And he <laughs> he conveniently told us that the hip started hurting when he started pitching bad. Uh, so if I mean if that's true, um, I mean Chad Domingo would be scary. I mean you're looking at, uh, I I mean yeah I mean look look what him and Nestor have been doing, and I think you and I agree that Domingo is a higher caliber than Nestor Cortez. We just don't know what caliber that officially is yet for the rest of this year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see when he comes back. Chad Green looks incredible. Um, his his stats since he's come back now are starting to look video gameish. So yeah, I mean, I would um, I think there's a world that this was the Yankees' year that they were like, all right, we know at some point we're gonna dip our toe into the opener stuff, and it's gone as well as it could, literally undefeated. So um, let's let's see what Domingo we have back. Um, there's definitely a chance it's a weapon. Um, the other thing is that Domingo could just end up being a bullpen weapon for us this year where he could be our two-inning, three-inning guy in a pinch if we need it. So, If we need it. Do you think that Cashman, this, this opportunity stops him from making a trade? I think Cashman... A caller said, TB, right, said, you know, he's going to trade for prospects. I do think Cashman's going to try and trade for someone with years more than a rental. Yeah, and it kind of, it depends what's on the market, right? Uh, That's, there's stuff out of our control. Like, we had a couple episodes that were about Mike Miner. Now he's an all-star for the Rangers who are, you know, currently very much in the wild card race. Um He's going to make a move for an arm because it's an arms race and you can never have enough. Um, I mean, if the options are, it, it depends what they are. Like, I, I don't know. It, it If it's Bumgarner for a little piece, is it Stroman for a couple pieces? I I don't know. I think, I think they have confidence in this team. I don't think Brian Cashman is sitting on whatever perch he's currently atop of and saying, if we don't get a one or two starter, we're not winning the World Series this year. We're good. We're really good. The best record in baseball. 
or we were tied for it yesterday. With this bad pitching. Now, that's such a different animal in the playoffs. Like, I understand that. Yeah. And he's going to, he's said a million times, he's going to trade for someone. Chad Mingo in the playoffs, if we get good Domingo, that's a cool weapon to have. And again, that's why we have this bullpen. I mean, that's, if, if we get, and imagine if Dellen Batances could somehow come back, which we're not putting in stone, but also what if we put Chad Green in the bullpen? I mean, we've already got, um, I mean, the four horsemen have been killing it. Um, a couple of those guys can go two innings if you need it. Um, Canely, Vino more likely than Britton Chapman. Um, but I mean, if you mix in Chad Green and if he goes back to being in the bullpen, I mean, you're talking about potentially six innings of quality bullpen ball, which I think there's a world where the Yankees don't value starters like the rest of the league really does. Well, we saw that last year when and Cashman in his quotes afterwards said something like, we saw the pit, the starting market and we thought it was pretty weak, so we decided to double down on our strength with with bullpen. They did. I'm now thinking like, well, well it didn't really work out because the pitching sucked in the ALDS. So that's kind of frustrating. <laughs> but yeah, we've seen yeah. them pivot before. If the market isn't what they like or you know doesn't fit, then they're going to move on. Chad Mingo. Tanaka... Tanaka, Paxton, and Chad Mingo could potentially get us through a playoffs. You're asking for a lot, but yeah, they could. I mean, not from Tanaka. Yeah. Still have a lot of questions to be asked about Paxton. Chad Mingo, uh, I like. I, I think Paxton, <laughs> we are going to form opinions on him in basically October and October only. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. All right, that about ends this episode. Thank you to everyone that called in. Thank you to our friend across the pond for being part of the show and the Talking Yanks community. We appreciate it. If you guys wanted to leave a five-star rating and review, that would be cool. We would appreciate that on the podcast app. We had like a bet in place, but there's no finite thing. It was if we got to 1,000 reviews, I'd shave off my beard and tape it to Jake's face for a day. Right. right. There needs to be an end date to that because eventually we're going to get to 1,000 reviews. But like if it's a year from now or six months from now, I ain't in on it. And we'll just do it then. No. 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 Twenty forty two. Twenty forty two. If you're still alive. Yeah, that's that becomes more of a me thing than than a you shaving your beard thing. <laughs> yep. All right. Anything else, Jake? Um, I don't think so. Go go Yankees, right? Yeah, tell them, Grams. Go Yankees.